What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Boys Podcast, episode 12. We're a little shorthanded today, but you know how it is. We'll roll through it. You got me, Biggie, and Buddha here. We're going to break down all the training camp news. We're going to break down a few topics and get y'all prepared for our episode 14 in two weeks. And we will break down every week one game in detail. We're going to get started with the training camp news. And man, has it been an injury-riddled couple of days. Um... I'm going to go ahead and get Dallas's out of the way because I, I know you. Uh, Gerald McCoy, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer and Carolina Panther, tore his quad in practice the other day. Uh, Dallas ended up cutting him today due to a little clause in his contract. Hey, so here's my thing with that situation. I'm kind of pissed off about it. I, we, you and I talked about it a little bit. We touched up. I really kind of didn't explain fully what was going on with how I felt. I'm pissed. We bring in this guy. You know, he's been to Pro Bowls. He can play the game well, knows what he's doing. At the end of the day, we need a run stopper. He's a good run stopper. Don't care what anyone says. I don't care what his previous past few games he's done. He does his job well. That's all we need to do. During, I believe it was one of the actual first days of, like, considered, like, full padded practices they've had. Like, they went, like, full on. I watched the video of, like, like the play that he did it on. First and foremost, the drill that he was doing, it seemed like um, they were doing simple pass pro. It seemed like it, uh, the defensive unit guys, like they were all over there, and like they were emulating tackles, like offensive tackles, and like they were doing the drop step, you know, the drop step for pass pro, and like a simple rush. And it seemed like when, as soon as, because the, well, the thing that for begin with made no sense. This is why I'm mad. You're gonna do drills like this if you're gonna do pass protection. Do it with some kind of offensive player that plays the position you're trying to emulate. Don't use professional athletes in practice at different positions they don't even play. Come on now, be smart. You got practice squad players. You got even bet. You got second, third stream players that are there. Use them for use them. It takes 30 seconds to use them. They need to bring them over there if you want a better look. Don't use your own daggone defensive unit players if you're going to do that kind of thing. It's dumb. It's dumb. I don't know about any other injuries in the NFL, but this one I feel like could have been prevented sometimes in certain situations. Like, it, it's just a simple roll-up, which this one was. I mean, it was a simple, like, injury where he was simply emulating a tackle. He, like, tried to drop step. His foot got stepped on by the defensive player. He fell backwards, and he, his weight just landed wrong. That happens with anybody. That could happen. But I'll let you take it over. I think it could be prevented, but there's definitely been a lot more injuries throughout the NFL, which is kind of crazy. But also kind of what you would think would happen at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean, I know it's usually, you know, a thing with training camp and preseason and all that stuff, but it's like, I think something about them not being in off-season workouts all summer kind of had something to do with the kind of the injuries thing. They haven't been around the facility, like, since, like, May, like they usually are. So that's something. Um, I'm just going to go through them. Uh, Dolphins linebacker Vince Beagle has torn his Achilles tendon and will miss the 2020 season. Uh, I think he's a backup for one of the Dolphins linebacker positions. He is. Um, so that hurts the death-wise. Bears cornerback Artie Burns, formerly the Pittsburgh Steelers, tore his ACL today. His season is over. Uh, he was going to be the cornerback opposite Kyle Fuller uh, over there in Chicago. So that hurts. Uh, the the de- the starting depth. Um, this really isn't an injury, but I do want to touch on it. Um, 
Chargers defensive end Melvin Ingram is not practicing at training camp because he is dissatisfied with his current contract. Imagine that. Uh oh. Um, uh oh. He's getting a fourteen million dollar bonus this year. None of it, which is guaranteed, which I guess is why he's upset. But he ain't worth that. I mean, he's good, but he's not Joey Bosa. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm fine with some elite players doing this that know what they're worth, like Zeke and Adams and whoever else over the years has done this. But, man, get your ass on the field. Excuse me. I I, I don't know. It's starting to irritate me more and more now. I mean, just especially at that point, like, I mean, I don't think there's any reason why he should be playing. I mean, it's not like what they're giving him isn't unreasonable. It's a good amount of money. Yeah. A lot more than what a lot of percentage of the NFL players are going to be making throughout the whole COVID season. Like, in the day, play. You got an opportunity to play. You see your teammates are going to play. In the day, if I, if, if you know for a fact what the NFL players basically do, like, it's kind of unlocked for the NFL if they do, in fact, play. Like, if you play, you, it, like anyone knows, you win games, you make money. You win playoff games, you make money. You win Super Bowls, you make money. In the day, that's what these teams want. It, and if you do that, players get paid. He's going to get what he wants. You should want to play, bottom line. Yeah, uh, Cardinals defensive back, his name is Robert Alfert. He tore his peck yesterday. He will knock him out. He was out for most of the season last year with a knee injury, so I hate to hear that. Um. Hey, question on that list of the uh, players that have gotten injured. I'm pretty sure a couple of them are a few are Eagles players. I know Dallas has a pretty big one. I think the Eagles are or a few of those. Eagles if I have check correctly. Uh, of course, no. Their offense. There's a couple of their linemen have been hurt. Um, the Browns announced yesterday that Nick Chubb is has a possible concussion. That's their star back. So that's. Uh, good. We talked about Gerald McCoy. Uh, 49ers receiver Jalen Hurd tore his ACL yesterday. Uh, Trey Waynes, uh, formerly of the Vikings, now plays for Cincinnati, tore his pec, his pectoral muscle. Um, just so many injuries. Uh, then we got the other news around the league. You got the Ravens bringing in Des Bryant for a workout. And that could be interesting, especially if That'd be De- awesome, dude. I'd be really, really happy. That could be interesting. If Dez is like a quarter of what Dez was in Dallas, that's the last thing Baltimore needs is more talent. Um, this was also pretty interesting. So, yesterday, Jamal Adams responded to Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator in New York for the Jets saying that he'll get bored in Seattle with the cover three that Seattle likes to run. And he said this, I think he definitely misses me. A lot of them miss me over there. I don't think I'll get bored winning. That's how I look at it. I'll be all right. It's from uh, Seattle Seahawks safety, Jamal Adams. What do you think? With Jamal, dude, I think he's in a good spot. I think he's in a good situation to win. Be an absolute dog. Um, what that what person in the Jets organization made that comment? That would be, be involved, that would be that? that would be Greg Williams, their defensive coordinator. Yes, Greg Williams. Not gonna be okay. I was scrolling through Twitter Twitter, uh, Twitter one night, and I saw where someone quoted that and posted it. One of like the NFL Intel people, Cam Chancellor commented on it because he the comment was basically what he said was that Seattle's aren't very active. Yeah, Seattle's when it comes to their safeties and. Cam Chancellor says, I'm sorry, what? 
I believe, something like that he said. Like, you're saying he's not going to be active for the Seahawks. Come on. Oh, let's I mean, see. Uh, I think they're obviously, he's obviously butthurt because he's gone, and he's a rare talent. We obvi- I think we talked about this on a couple of podcasts ago about Seattle. Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas is one of the best safety duos to ever play. Yep. Hands down. So, to say that they don't do anything over there, like, come on, bro. You're just jealous. Greg Williams, shut the hell up. Um, yeah, it's kind of for the news around the league. It's something we're going to do around here often because it seems like all the league news happens in between the days that we do podcasts or the days that we record them anyway. So, now we're going to get into a topic. And this one's a little close to my heart, obviously, but um, I'm going to let Buddha start it off and then I'll go into my details because... That's how I am with uh, my team. We're going to start off with Teddy Bridgewater, quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, basically, what I just want to ask you, baby, what you think, what your input is, is whether or not you think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the man for the Panthers. You think he can be the guy that isn't just going to be there for the year and leave inside for another team. What do you think is going to be his future? What do you think he can do for the team? Depends on how we do. Honestly, um, if he plays all right, but we suck, um, and we have a top five pick, I see us going quarterback, uh, Lawrence, Fields, Lance. But if he plays really well, which he has the possibility to do, we could possibly be looking at another position in the draft. And, I mean, we did sign him for three years for 60... Three years for $63 million. Uh... So, yeah, I think he's got all the tools around us now. I mean, he's got the face of the franchise, McCaff- Christian McCaffrey, the trio that we got of receivers, and DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Robbie Anderson. Uh, only thing I think might hurt him is that he's playing behind one of the league's worst offensive lines. And it's just a young team. But if I had my guess, I don't think he's going to be the starter there for more than a year. But, yeah. you know, just to kind of go into him a little bit, he was the 32nd overall pick in 2014 by the Vikings. He spent three years there. He started 28 games, threw for over 6,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, and 22 interceptions. 2015, he made the Pro Bowl as he led Minnesota to an 11-5 record in a playoff berth. That was the playoff game that uh, the, that the Vikings kicker missed a 21-yard field goal. Uh, I don't remember the kicker's name. Uh... Teddy threw for every 3,200 yards and 14 touchdowns. My only concern with him is his injury, and you probably know which one I'm talking about, And at, before the 2016 season when he had that gruesome knee injury in uh, training camp that ended his career in Minnesota. Uh, he was signed by the Jets because the Vikings let him go. Uh, didn't really do much there. Was traded to New Orleans where he backed up Breeze for two years. Only got in six games of action, five of those being last year. Went 5-0 and when Breeze got hurt against the Rams. Threw her 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns and six starts. Pretty solid work, which is why he got the money that he got from us. Um, like I said, I think he's got a lot of tools around him, but I just think I just don't see him there for very long. I think he's a bridge quarterback to possibly Justin Fields or Trey Lance or even Trevor Lawrence if we suck that bad, but I don't think we will. Um, I don't know. I personally like. I like him, and I'm gonna root for him. He's my he he's my quarterback. But 
I could see him being on the bench within a year and a half. Really? Okay. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I think he's like he's one of those quarterbacks where it's like he's where if there's a line where it says he's done enough, basically, is that point I'm trying to say. He's right below that. I feel like I don't think he's done enough to be able to prove to me that he's an elite quarterback. Oh, he's never elite. I, here's my thing though. I think he could do it with this team he has. You have more, you have McCaffrey. It's really all you need. Curtis, you have two players. At the end of the day, you got to account for McCaffrey in the passing game. Think about it. You have two elite receivers. You're going to be doing pretty well. And I think he's the quarterback that he's not going to quite be as mobile as like Lamar, but like he's going to. I feel like he's going to be moving a little bit. I think he's going to be better with throwing the ball. My only thing is with him is he going to be able to put up 25, 30 points a game because our defense isn't really going to stop anybody. They're so young. I mean, the oldest player on the defense is 31. It's just Kawan Short. That's true. Stephen That's Weatherly true. is in his upper 20s. Uh, you got two rookies, Gutierrez Grossmatos out of Penn State and Derek Brown. You got Brian Burns, who's in his mid-20s. Uh, Jack Thompson, upper 20s. Keir Whitehead, I think, is 30. Uh, Andre Carter Jr. is in his 20s. Trey Boston, I think, is in his upper 20s. Jeremy Chin's a rookie. Dante Jackson, upper 20s. Like, it's a lot of upper 20, mid-20 guys on our defense. And it's a new system and a guy that coached defense in the Big 12. And we all know how defense is played in the Big 12. All offense, baby. Um, so... That accompanied with being in the NFC South along with Brady, Breeze, and Ryan. Uh, also got to play Kansas City and uh, Denver and Chargers. and I don't know. I, Green Bay, Minnesota. I just I think the schedule's too tough. I think the youth is going to be a problem. And I don't see more than five wins, if I'm being honest. Okay, yeah. So that's all you all have to say about that topic in particular. I'm going to go into a situation that interests me. We talked about Baltimore with Dez, about how they had an elite running back last year, Mark Ingram, brought in from New Orleans, rushed for over 1,000 yards, and then they go out in the second round of the draft and absolutely steal Ohio State's J.K. Dobbins from everyone. Uh-huh. What do you think about Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins? I think they're both incredibly good players that are going to give your team a boost. And that's bottom line. I mean, Ingram's proved it with the with the Ravens that he can play well. I mean, I think he's made Lamar a better player when it comes down to it. He's a really good teacher when it comes to thing. He's been there, done that. Dobbins, Dobbins, very good talent. I don't think he's like an elite Pro Bowl caliber guy. I feel like. But he's going to be a, it means him impact player for your roster. So, um, yeah, I mean Ingram. Awesome. Obviously, the run game is Baltimore's success because you have to put Lamar in this too. Mark Ingram last year, two two hundred carries over a thousand yards and ten touchdowns, made the Pro Bowl. It was his third Pro Bowl trip. He made it in twenty fourteen and twenty seventeen in New Orleans. Um, he's eclipsed 1,000 yards three times in his career, 2016, 2017, and 2018. So, he's rushed for over 1,000 yards three out of the last four seasons. Um, 
And then Dobbins was the 55th overall selection in this past year's draft. Um, at Ohio State, he was nothing but dominant. Three years, over 4,400 yards and 38 touchdowns in three years. He had 1,000 yards every season and had a yards per carry average of 6.2 for his career. Freshman year, over 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns. Second year, over 1,010. But last year, I mean, the fact he was a mid... In fact, he was a mid-second kind of surprised me because uh-huh. of these numbers. And I know running backs are running backs, and we've talked about, and Carl and Delby and all of us have talked about how replaceable the running back position is in the NFL. No, 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 we talked about But the man is over, ran for over 2,000 yards and 21 touchdowns with a 6.7 yards per carry. Like, that's crazy. It's almost seven yards a carry. What are you going to do to stop that? Nothing. Um, I think it could be a deadly one-two punch. If you remember a couple years ago when Mark Ingram was in New Orleans, him and Alvin Kamara, when Kamara was a rookie, both rushed for over 1,000 yards, and they had that really nice one-two punch, Ingram down in the red zone. Yeah. Um, I think that's possible. I think they're both the same type of back, though, but I think Dobbins has more speed. So I'm curious to see how it works out. And like I said, you got to add Lamar Jackson in there. My man rushed for over 1,000 yards last year. Um, that's the main fun, That's the main part of his game. People can say what he wants. He's a quarterback. I get it. But he's but he's a runner, and this possibly has the options of being one of the best run, run games in the league with Lamar and Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. Um, I think it was a great pick especially at the position that they got him. Um, We've talked about a little before how, if you're comparing rosters, to me, Baltimore has the best roster on paper in the National Football League. Uh Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Hollywood Brown, they have a very good line. Their defense is ridiculous. ridiculous. Earl Thomas, they added Patrick Queen. They added Calais Campbell from Jacksonville. Um, They added a bunch of pieces. I personally think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, if I'm being honest with you. All right. All right. I like that. I think Lamar, I think he finally gets over his playoff hump. I think Kansas City's schedule is too tough. I do think that will be the AFC Championship game. Um, But I think Baltimore finally learns to get it done. It just depends who comes out of the stacked NFC to see if they can possibly win another Super Bowl. Because uh, we've talked about it before, the NFC is so stacked with elite Super Bowl contenders. Uh, Philly, Dallas. Saying, once again, the NFC takes over the NFL. Yeah, Philly, Dallas, San Francisco, Seattle, Green Bay, Minnesota, New Orleans, Tampa Bay. Am I forgetting anybody? I like how you said that Philadelphia first, though. I really appreciate that. Well, I appreciate that. it's the first name that came out of my mouth. It's no offense. Um, but yeah there's so many Super Bowl contenders and like like I said like I personally see you only got seven playoff spots with all those teams mentioned and barring an injury or something like that which is all possible with the Eagles and the Cowboys it happens um, I think they both make the playoffs I think Seattle and San Francisco both make the playoffs Uh, I think New Orleans and Tampa make the playoffs, and that's six spots. And then you've got that seven spot fighting up between Green Bay and Minnesota, if I'm being honest. Those are still very good teams. Yeah, so, like, 
I think Minnesota gets that. I mean, the NFC is just so stacked with contenders. You, you know, you come into the saying, you know, the saying in the playoffs and pretty much all leagues: NHL, NBA, MLB, NFL. All you got to do is get in. Well, there's so much elite talent in the NFC. That's really all you got to do. All you got to do is get in. Like you, I think I think you know the saying. It's it's called anybody can win on any given Sunday. Any given Sunday, dude. Especially in playoffs, dude. Playoffs is a whole new season. Brand new season. And yeah, exactly. Playoffs. It resets. Anything that happened before that, it's irrelevant. Well, yeah. Like, that, well, well, like that's the thing. That's the thing with, like, the NBA right now is the Bucks got beat by the Magic earlier today. Anything you did before these bubbles doesn't matter. Like, exactly. the same goes with the NHL. Like, the St. Louis Blues, the... Defending champions went down 2-0 to Vancouver, but they've won the last two games to tie that series up. And look at the Caps. Yeah, and the Caps are about to get swept by the New York Islanders. So, anything that these NHL or NBA teams did before the bubble doesn't matter. I mean, you look right now. I mean, we've had the NBA playoffs today. Miami beat Indiana. Boston yesterday beat Philadelphia. Milwaukee lost to the Magic. Um... Like I said, this is what I love about playoffs, man. In any sport. It's like... And, and my Celtics are still up, baby, so that's all I'm caring about. So, speaking of baseball, I want to talk about something. I don't know if you've seen this going around, but there's this player for the uh, San Diego Padres. His name is Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, yesterday, there's a lot of controversy going around surrounding that name right now because he hit a grand slam up on a 3-0 pitch up seven runs yesterday. And the Texas Rangers manager and his own manager got after him because that was against the unbroken rule of baseball. Unwritten rule. Here's my thing. Here's my input. Unwritten rules. Here's a lot of things. A lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of reason, the reason why people don't like Cam Newton is the fact that a lot of people got pissed off, pissed off a little unwritten rule of the crap that he did where he was dancing in front of people's faces. Well, he pulled the ultimate Michael Irvin quote. If you don't want me to dance, stop me. It's exactly. that simple. It, hey, if you don't want me to hit a grand salami, hey, why don't you not get 3-0? Why don't you not get ahead of, in 3-0 on the count? Yeah. Why don't you get ahead of the count? Play ball. Honestly, that's what everybody was saying on Twitter. Like, even pitchers were saying, like, if you don't want them to hit a home run, exactly. pitch better. Stop pitch Stop better. Them. Simple. Yeah, I kind of found that funny. And then today they was were up. Four, how many runs was it? 14 runs? Was it something like that? Was Seven. the final score? Gosh, seven runs, okay, either way. No, they were up seven runs, and he hit a grand slam on a 3-0 count. The ball was right down the middle. What do you expect him to do? He's a professional baseball player. He's taught to swing the bat at the ball. Like, I get it. I get why a lot of people are frustrated. The 3-0 count, a lot of guys, there's some players that have the green light to hit a 3-0 count. Either Most of the time, though, it's a very big rule, or basically kind of like an unwritten rule, that if it's 3-0 count, you don't swing. 3-0, you don't swing. A lot of time, coaches get really, really ticked off if you swing on a three-zero pitch. Um, Coach Amon and I knew that if you did that, you pretty much would be out for the rest of the game. Like if you took a three-zero pitch, it's just I mean, if you tried to swing a three-zero pitch, just the way it is. But I think if you have the green light, like a lot of players have the green light to hit three-zero pitches. I believe you're like you said, you're paid to play the game, play the game well. If you don't want them to score. How many was the total runs at the end of that game that they left for? Uh, I'm not sure looking at it, but they were up seven, and the Grand Slam is four, so it was at least 11. So 12? Yeah, seven around there. Okay, yeah. 
So like, like I said, if you don't want to, if you don't want them to do that crap, you don't want them to keep scoring. Stop them. Um, also, this just came out. Uh, Browns linebacker Mac Wilson has suffered a hyper ex- hyper knee in practice. Unsure of how much time he will miss. Dude, it's, dude, this happens every single season at the beginning of the season. It just happens. Here's the thing: at the end of the day, your body really isn't meant to play the game of football the way it's supposed to be played. Okay, your body's not supposed to be meant like to be like put through all that. Yep. Especially these players that have playing since like kindergarten all the way up to like they're 45. Like those kind of guys, like I understand like why, you know, like they really want to get like a ton of like basically enforcing insurance to the players to make sure the players are covered after the game. Because, like, you're putting your body all, like, on the line for it. So. Yeah. So, here's a question. Which of the three teams that are opening a new stadium this year do you think will finish with the best record? Vegas, the L.A. Chargers, or the L.A. Rams? Dude, I like the Chargers. Really? I really do. Like, I mean, you got Keenan Allen. He's an absolute stud. You got Tyrod. He's an absolute stud. You and I both know what kind of player Tyrod is. He's just very charismatic. Like, he's a leader, a born leader. Telling you, Um, there's things that Tyrod does. You have Bosa. And then, look, you have one of the best pass rushers in the league. Yeah, you also, you said something about Tyrod with, like, the leader and doesn't turn the ball over and makes good decisions with the ball. All those three I mean, things take I the Bills to the playoffs. Yeah. The Bills. All those three things that I just mentioned are Justin Herbert's three biggest weaknesses. He is the perfect guy to come in there and mentor Justin Herbert for the future. Exactly. Perfect guy. Um I personally think I just think the Chargers are going to have problems offensively just due to the whole quarterback situation. Um, I think the Rams aren't going to be really good because they're in the division with Arizona, Seattle, and San Francisco, and Jared Goff is extremely overrated. Um, I think it's Vegas. Really? I think it's Vegas. Why? I think they're well coached. Um, Derek Carr isn't as bad as people say he is. They have one of the best running backs in the, in the league, up and coming, in Josh Jacobs. They got Henry Ruggs from Bama. Uh, they have a pretty solid defense. I don't think, obviously, they're in a division with Kansas City and Denver, so that doesn't help matters. But I think they could go nine and seven, possibly make a run at that seventh spot in the AFC. Um, yeah, I think it's Vegas. I think Vegas just, it's that Las Vegas thing. They just, like, you probably remember, I know you've you've just kind of gotten into paying attention to hockey and stuff, but the Vegas Golden Knights made the Stanley Cup final in their first their year. First year. They were in the playoffs last year, and now they're about to, they're now about to beat the Chicago Blackhawks who advance to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, They've made the playoffs every year they've been in the league for an expansion team. That's ridiculous. So, I'm not saying the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. But, I don't trust the Chargers and I damn sure don't trust the LA Rams. That's reasonable, though. 
and you said this earlier, like, as far as college football is concerned, whether the Big 12 SEC or ACC plays, I really don't care anymore. If they play, they play. If they don't, they don't. I know that the National Football League will be playing games in four weeks. So, we're getting ready for that. Uh, I guess the over-under is how many points are Kansas City going to put up on Houston? <laughs> Oh, come on, man. Why are you going to target Houston like that? You know why I'm targeting... Deshaun Watson deserves better. He Deshaun Watson does deserve better, but come on. Their defense isn't that good. J.J. Watt can't stay healthy. He needs to retire is what he needs to do. Like, J.J. Watt can't stay healthy. I hate healthy. to say it. I've always been a J.J. Watt fan from the beginning. They literally... I need to retire. I mean, the people that think they're going to be as good as they were last year when you traded away your best player... And the number two receiver in the league for a bag of half-eaten potato chips. <laughs> oh, ain't that the truth, man? Brandon for Cooks nothing. can't stay healthy. David Johnson can't stay healthy. Their offensive line is atrocious. Their head coaching and general manager, Bill O'Brien, is the biggest moron I've ever seen. Like, on, here's the thing I'll say to Deshaun Watson. Pack your bags and run the hell away from Houston. I hear you. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get into too much because that's in two uh, weeks where we'll break down all the games, but I think it's going to be an ass-kicking. Here's the real thing, though. Here's the real big question. Here's my thing. Oh, we definitely haven't talked about this yet. Uh, NFL news, I almost forgot. This past week, like the Cowboys needed any more talent, uh, they went out and signed d- free agent defensive end Everson Griffin for the Minnesota Vikings. What are your immediate thoughts? I think that's probably one of the biggest news we made in the offseason. That's really going to seal this defensive unit together and kind of give people a way to hype off that offense and off Dak Prescott because I think that Dak Prescott's going to have a lot more possessions because his NFL, I mean because the rest of his players on his defense they're looking good I mean, we talked about it earlier you break it down when it comes to Dallas's defense you got, Ever- you got Everson Griffin Demarcus Lawrence on the end which I've also looked Alan Smith has been also been playing on the edge too. Honestly, I, compl- I completely forgot y'all signed him. To be honest with which you, which he is one of those sleeper guys that I think is gonna start to come back out again. But that's beside the point. You have them at the, on the edge. You have an excellent linebacker core of Leighton Van Der Esch, Sean Lee, and Jalen Smith. If Sean Lee can stay healthy. If Sean Lee can stay healthy. As me and you either. like to say, shout out to Magruder. Sean, Is Sean Lee playing? Sean Lee playing. Sean Lee playing. <laughs> um, so, as I said earlier. Yeah, those guys that receive court. Like you and I talked about, the DB they're eh. But I think we made some all-season moves with Ha-Ha Clinton Diggs. So, I think we picked up guys that can do well. We also picked up a rookie, DB. I think you'll see our turnover ratio kind of go up a little bit this year. That was the problem last year. We couldn't get the turnovers we needed. That's the main problem, reason why we got rid of Byron Smith. Byron Jones. Gosh, Byron Jones, dude. I'm tired, man. I apologize. Oh, you're good. Um, Just to go through Everson Griffin real quick, he has only had two seasons, and he's been in the league since 2010. 
Um, he didn't start. He had four sacks in 2011. Uh, eight in 2012. He started. He had five and a half in 2013. He didn't start starting until 2014. He's been a Pro Bowler four out of the last six seasons. 2014, he committed 12 sacks. 2015, Pro Bowler 10 and a half. Uh, 2016, Pro Bowler 8. His best year came in 2017 where he had 13 sacks, 45 tackles, and 25 quarterback hits. 2018 is only one of his not only Pro Bowl years. Had 5.5 in last year. He was another Pro Bowler. Started 15 games. Uh, had, had an even interception. Had 8 sacks. Uh, 41 combined tackles. First career, he's got 74 and a half sacks. Like, the man knows how to get to the quarterback. And usually in Minnesota, he's always had a partner because he has um, Hunter. Crap, can't remember his first name. Um, in Minnesota. And now he's got Demarcus Lawrence on the other side. I've said it before. I'll say it again. And I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. There is no reason, no effort. That the Dallas Cowboys are not a playoff team this year. And I don't mean some 9-7 playoff team. They should be a 11-12 win team that is in the playoffs and should win the division in my eyes. No offense to the Eagles or Carson Wentz. Sorry, Doby. The Cowboys are the favorites in the NFC East. Um, There's something else that intrigues me. is like, you guys who went out and got all these players but honestly this team defense can be as good as it wants but like this team runs as Dak Prescott runs it so that's pretty interesting you know a player that I think is really underrated or is going to be underrated Michael Pittman Jr. Indianapolis he has this YouTube channel I was watching and stuff man I think this kid's going to be good out of USC, it's definitely something Indianapolis needed. Um, T.Y. Hilton literally cannot stay off of the bench. Like, he's hurt uh-huh. all the time. And they brought in Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC. My man, dude's fast. He's got good hands. He's got good route running. You know, you know, what's, I, you know what I love about training camp? is just seeing all these teams on social media post videos and photos of them on the field. Like we have on the field stuff, and we're four weeks out from NFL football. That's what I am most excited for, and I, and I also know you are too, because you've said it to me on multitude of occasions. Dude, like every day, bro. I, I'm telling you, I'm just ready for the NFL season to start. I want to watch my Cowboys play. It's not even just the Carol. Like obviously, Carolina's my voice, but it's everybody. I just want to watch football. Oh, gee, there's so many good teams. Yeah, I'm not just saying my Cowboys are. That's not kind of biased. Like, like, I'm just ready for NFL football. Like, I'm ready for the game to be played. Like, I'm just excited yeah, for it. Like, I'm counting down the days till Houston, Kansas City, man. And I'm excited that we're playing the Rams. That's pretty tough. I think that, um, I think that the Hard Knocks episode, I think hopefully, uh, you honestly, they'll, they'll... You honestly know what I do notice, though, is the fact that y'all have this rookie center that's going to have to block Aaron Donald in his first game. I'm not worried about it. You, know you talking about a, well, you of course talking about a, hey, you're in the NFL now, have fun moment. You get to block the best player in the league. I I think he'll be fine. 
I think he'll be fine, and if not, he'll have guard help, which we have an excellent guard. guard you do, guard. but as we've discussed before, Aaron Donald, you can do whatever you want. Okay. You can double team hey, but Last time we played him, last time we played the Rams, you can look at the stats for Aaron Donald. He did not have a very good game against us. That's fair. It's still a interesting matchup to look at when you got a when you got a rookie center. Like you said, like you said, you're gonna have to give him guard help because if you try to go, you try to go one on one with the rookie against Aaron Donald. Do you know what's gonna happen? Dak Prescott's gonna be on his butt. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Y'all are opening up with the Rams. The Rams are opening up SoFi Stadium. Well, that should be. I like it. I'm excited. I, I like the different change besides just seeing the normal giants, the usual giants. It's I still mean, weird, it's just, though. It, it's good talent, though. I, it, I like that. It, it's still insanely weird that y'all aren't opening with the giants, though. That is true. It does feel weird, but I'm still excited for it. But as I've been saying, we'll break down all 16 of these games in a couple weeks. Um, the way these podcasts during the year are kind of going to work, what during the week before the game, we're going to break them down. And it's really going to turn into, after week one, we're going to break the week one games down and then preview the week two. So we're going to have some long podcasts uh, when the season starts. But I cannot wait. Um, All right. Buddha, it's time for make or break, if you know how this works. Yeah. Okay. Make or break. Tom Brady... Has his best career year in Tampa. I think that this year, I don't know if you looked at him here recently, that throw that you made to Gronk on Twitter, just over the shoulder, just a dot. Like, I think that just sums up how his play is going to be this year. He's like, he can get, I don't know if you know, he has like his TB12 diet. Like, he has his own like diet system. Like, he's looking absolutely shredded. Dude's like 45. I don't know how old he is, but like, 42, he's in his forties. Yeah, he's in his forties, and he's throwing away. He's throwing well the way he does. And I think this year, I think this year you're going to see a lot more aggressive, like assassin style, like Tom Brady. Like he's going to be throwing a lot more, like sixty yard touchdowns, like that kind of deal. I don't think it's going to be the checkdowns like he saw in uh, New England. Now, if it comes with Bruce Arians' offense, it becomes a lot more interceptions because you're rolling the dice, you're throwing the deep balls, you're taking chances with the one-on-one matchups with the DBs. So, I don't know. I mean, I think he's going to still have a crazy season. I just think he's going to have a little bit more turnovers than usual, but I think he's going to still be just as productive. So, I think you're going to be – I think you could see a potential Super Bowl-bound Tom Brady again, and this could be – I think it's possible. Um, I don't think they win the division. But I do think they go farther than the Saints in the playoffs because, look, what have the Saints done in the playoffs recently? Lose. Nothing. Lose. And that's not my biased hatred towards them. It's just facts. Like, yes, they got screwed in the NFC title game, but they lost in the Minneapolis Miracle. They lost last year. Both times they've lost to Minnesota, they shouldn't have lost to them. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Brady's going to be throwing a lot of deep passes. Just you know, they said he was throwing sixty-yard bombs in practice. You kidding me? Well, yeah, but that's practice, dude. No, that's Bruce Arians' offense, dude. It's oh, I know. Line. I just said I don't think he fits it well, but I don't. I see a way that. Yeah, I agree with you that he might be throwing a little more interceptions, but 
I think it's definitely an upgrade, obviously. You're not going to have Jameis just freaking chucking the ball up to Mike Evans 40 times a game. But as we've said, he's got his best weapons that he's, to me, he's ever had. Mike Evans is a top 10 receiver. Chris Godwin is a borderline top 10 receiver. Not to mention Gronk. Got Gronk. I'm still a little iffy what he's going to do coming back after being a year off, but if it's like half of what Gronkowski used to be, they'll be fine. The running back position leaves a lot to be desired, but and they, they've got a really underrated defense. Uh, they're well coached. I'm very curious to see how he does. That, uh, I think they're, yeah, uh, yeah, they're playing Saints week one, Brady and Breeze. So that should be pretty entertaining. Yeah, dude. What you got? What's the next one? Make or break. Joe Burrow is rookie of the year. No, I just don't think so. I don't see him having enough talent surrounded by him and to put the numbers that he needs to. I think he's going to perform well despite the circumstances of Cincinnati. Uh, I just can't. There's too many good rookies, dude. This draft class is stacked. You got Chase Young. Which you saw the video today. I mean, he just—he's gonna be a problem. I mean, you have so many of the good receivers that were drafted this year. Not to mention that there was a pre—some there was pretty decent quarterback class as well. Yeah. So to, to be know. fair, though, I don't think Tua or Herbert are gonna be playing this year. Or at least they shouldn't be. Either way, though, dude, I just don't foresee Burrow getting the uh, offensive. I, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. So, to me. Defensive rookie of the year could be either Chase Young or Okuda. It could be either one of them. But if I had to put a bet, Chase Young is going to wreak havoc on some offensive lines and some quarterbacks this year. I think Okuda is not going to be – I mean, I think he's going to be a dog, but I don't think he's going to be as what he's hyped up to be. I think he's going to be a solid elite corner, but I don't think he's going to be like the next like Patrick Peterson or like anybody like that. It's fair. But then again, he hasn't played yet, so I'm, I just want to see him play. Like you said earlier, there I think there's a couple of teams that in a regular year wouldn't have been very good, but this year they might surprise some people. I just think I just think because it's just a matter of teams that are gonna get like they're gonna have injury issues. Uh, people players are gonna test positive for COVID. Like I mean, I think it's gonna be any man's game. I think anyone. I think anyone. Oh, here's the here. real thing, though. Here's the real thing. Is there a much more feel-good story in the NFL than watching Alex Smith take live snaps out of practice? Dude, that was insane. I was, like, going back and looking at, like, his whole process, like, when he went to end it, like, went into surgery. And, like, I, I didn't realize this. Like, I knew he had a chance of losing his leg. Like, he almost died. Yeah. Like, because, like, he had gotten an infection or something. Yeah, it was flesh-eating bacteria leg. in his injury, yeah. Like, dude... Like, that's insane. 17 the surgeries. fact that he was walking, they said he wasn't even going to be able to walk, right, play NFL football. Come on, that's awesome. The man's been cleared. He's off the pup list. He was throwing foot. No, he was actually doing drills yesterday at Washington yeah, training Yeah, I was about to say, camp. he was doing drills. So, I'm telling you right now, as much as it'll scare the crap out of me, he will be taking snaps in a game this season. That's going to be insane, that to see. I- I'm pulling for him. Oh, I am too. I really am. I, it's like there's not another feel-good story in the league that tops it. Like all of that stuff that he went through. Like, yeah, it wasn't just his leg, man. He almost lost his life. 
It was, uh... It's pretty crazy. The NFC East has a lot of storylines this year, man. I'm not even talk- really talking about Philly or Dallas. The other two have their own, too. Obviously, you got Washington with the name change and everything going on down there. But the Giants are an interesting team to me. Like... I actually like Daniel Jones. I think he did pretty well last year, despite everyone crapping all over his draft pick. Yeah, at the end of the day, he's played well. Like I think I don't think he's necessarily been like an elite quarterback. But no, I think he's definitely he's played well, and it also helps when you have one of the league's best running backs standing behind you. Exactly. Saquon is. You know what's crazy to me is Saquon missed four games last year and still rushed for a thousand yards. Also, like, the Giants defensively, it's still a lot to be desired. I still think they should have taken Isaiah Simmons instead of Andrew Thomas, but I know how Dave Gettleman is. He just likes to take offensive linemen, even though he never did that in Carolina, which I don't understand. It's been an interesting offseason, to say the least. To say the least. Oh, um, I read this today. The Jared Stidham threw three interceptions in, at the Patriots practice for their training camp. Remember when people said he? Remember when people said he was going to start over Cam? Yeah, I do too. That's funny. Well, apparently he was throwing interceptions in practice last year too, and not looking very good. Yeah, he was. So I mean, Cam's a starter in New England, if you're asking me. Dude, Cam's a stud, dude. I think he's going to come out and be like oh, probably the comeback player. Oh you know? yeah, I agree. He probably will be. Because he's probably still pissed off of what we did to him. And trust me, I still am too. As you should be. Yeah, they did him wrong, dude. The Panthers organization did him dirty. He ain't. That's the damn truth. But we've already discussed that. Yeah, it still makes me mad. You know... I don't know, man. I just... I'm so ready. So, Dude, I'm ready for ready. a good start. I'm, I'm ready to see him play. We're so close. We're getting there. You know, here's the thing, though. You got everything ramping up right now. Like, baseball season's in full swing, and they finally stopped acting like damn morons. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Yankees just swept Boston. Uh, the Dodgers are good. The Cubs are good. The Rockies are really good. You got the NBA and NHL playoffs in full swing. Um, the actual NBA draft lottery is Thursday night, by the way. Yeah. Um, last week, the NHL draft lottery was conducted, and your New York Rangers won the lottery, which, look, I'm a big fan. I love it that we're getting Alexei Lafreniere, but, I mean, poor Detroit, man. They were by far the worst team in the league. They won, like, 20 games, and they got the fourth overall pick. Like, you got to feel for that. But that is what, that is perfectly why that the lottery system is in place. It's to prevent tanking. Yep, exactly. That's why it's there. Like, you can't really do it in baseball because you got 162 games on the usual. And in football, there's really not, it's really not tanking. Because you had the Dolphins tried that and didn't really work, even though it kind of worked because they got to it anyway. Um... But you've seen teams in baseball and hockey try to tank. The New York Knicks, 
who I think are trying to tank every year and they get screwed over in the draft lottery every year and I think it's hilarious. But I guess here is my main question to you though. Who wins the NBA Finals? Yeah. Celtics feel can get it. I don't want to be biased because I'm a Celtics fan, but I think Duke Brown. He's playing his Brown butt off, man. Looking good, but dude, they're playing well. I just, to they're, me, man. With, but dude, look, I just can't believe with Gordon Hayward, man. Yeah. Out for like three yeah. or four weeks. That's a big blow, yeah, bro. Yeah, that's an ouch. But granted, he hasn't really shown out for the bubble. So, no, but you also got to remember, if y'all get through Philly, which I think you will in pretty easy fashion, you're probably going to be playing Toronto, and you're going to need Gordon Hayward if y'all want a chance of beating the Raptors. I'm fine with that, though. Like, I mean, I, I don't. I think we can play. I think we can win without them, uh, without Hayward. Yeah, I, I just as much as it kills me to say it because I don't like him. I don't think anybody's stopping the Clippers. Mm, that's. See, that's a big pick, too. That's a, that's a big pick, too. Um, but the bubble's been fun to watch, especially with Damian Lillard. Dame's been ridiculous. Oh, he's been incredible. And the Blazers are uh, playing the Lakers in, in about 10 minutes on TNT, I believe. Well, yeah. TNT, you're welcome for the plug. Um... Should be an interesting series. You got Damian and CJ McCollum against AD and LeBron, so that should be a fun series. I think it's going to go a lot farther than people think it will, and if you don't think oh, that... Oh, yeah, by the way, Delby uh, told me that LeBron is most definitely dropping 60 points tonight, oh, and he would God. bet me money, so he's locking that in. So do you remember that he said that? All right, we said it on the podcast, so we'll have to relive that when it doesn't happen. I love LeBron, but, but he's not going to put up 60 because Anthony Davis is there. Um, bro, bro, that'll be said. Braun dropping sixty tonight. <laughs> that'll be said, bro. Oh man. So, it's. I just love the fact, like, quarantine from like March and through like June when we didn't have any sports. Man, it sucked. I'm yeah, that was awful, man. I'm so glad we've hey, got... We're about to get across the, the hump, man. We're, so, we're yeah. so close. Yeah, we've got sports now. Um, as I said, college football is just a massive question mark. I did read something earlier that there's a rumor going around that the Big Ten is going to reverse its postponement decision and actually have football in the Big Ten. Like, I don't know, dude. Like, With UNC, we talked about this. Yeah. UNC Chapel Hill, they, they went to online. Yeah, who knows? But... Uh, I just look. I love college football. I just don't see a way it can be played. I mean, you don't think these players? You think these players? Granted, I'm not like being like disrespectful to the players. You really think these players? Because I understand what they're doing. You think these players are just going to sit in their dorm rooms, wake up, go to practice, come back, quarantine, not go out to you know go out hang out with buddies on the team to play Xbox Madden together? You think they're not going to go to different dorm rooms? You think they're not going to go to a particular party one night that's probably, you know, only supposed to have a few people, but we all know that it's probably going to have more. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. You can't stop college kids from being college kids at the end of the day. Athletes are a part of that. I don't care what you say. You aren't going to be able to keep those kids out of that. 
I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do think next year's NFL draft with all this college nonsense is going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Especially for the players that opted out, like Micah Parsons, Gregory Rousseau, Caleb Farley. Um, I think it should be interesting. Apparently, Sean Wade's daddy's a defensive back, Ohio State, first-round projected selection. It's going to go protest and talk to the commissioner of the Big Ten at the Big Ten's office tomorrow. Ooh, big news. Like, what? You guys like want to play? Uh, they obviously want to play, and I find it funny that the two guys that are leading this charge of the We Want to Play are the top two quarterbacks that are both going to be top five picks next year in Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Like, to me, that's saying a lot. Um, what you mentioned earlier about Joe Burrow, I think he has a chance, but I just think Cincinnati's line is too too much of a question mark. I will say this: AJ Green staying healthy, it will be will be his best friend. Mm-hmm, I agree. Find AJ Green, get him the ball, because the man. I'm telling you, he's a top fifteen receiver when he's healthy. He was part of that ridiculous 2011 draft class. That top six that I always talk about. Uh-huh. AJ, Julio, Peterson, Marcel Darius, Von Miller, Cam. Also, I know uh, this is kind of going towards sports, but not really. Is that uh, <laughs> Pat McAfee. <laughs> this Saturday wrestling at NXT TakeOver 30. Right. He's gonna put the soul out of Adam Cole. <laughs> Let's go. Shock the system. You know how I feel. But it should be interesting. Um, I'm usually not a fan of the like gimmicks with like pro athletes oh, and stuff. Also, Big E, I'm so glad that you mentioned this topic because we discussed this before. Remember how you said you thought that Pat was on contract with this whole thing that occurred during Pat McAfee's show. And you think that he was on contract. He was, in fact, not on contract. His contract had ran out. So I think that beef on the Pat McAfee show is real. So I think you're going to see a little bit more than just a little trying to, you know, save the blow a little bit. I think you're going to see these guys, you know, go at it. Well, I mean, it's it's definitely legit beef, but you know it's It's his own sport. It's definitely legit beef, but you know as well as I do that he's getting paid a hefty sum of money by the WWE to do this. Oh, dude. Oh, you already know. I'm just excited to see it, though. Yeah. I think it's going to be dope. I'm, I'm totally team back. Like, to like honestly, I'm kind of curious to see what his ring gear is going to be. It's Pat yeah, McAfee. I don't know. Dude, apparently, so on his show, he said that like for his like entrance and everything, and, like when he comes to the ring, like he was talking because they were asking him, like, like are you going to have anybody like, come out with you or anything? Apparently, like, he's going to try to get, like, some of the guys from his crew going with him. And A.J. Hawk, former Green Bay Packers linebacker, which he has a show with every day pretty much during the week. A.J. Hawk, and McAfee and Hawk sports star. Well, you know, honestly, I hope that he brings friends so that U.E. can just destroy them all at ringside and be done well, with it. Well, because apparently he's going to get, like, jumped, you know? I think he's going to get jumped by some stooge because they know that Pat McAfee, former punter, is going to embarrass Adam Cole at a sport he's been wrestling in for, like, 10 years in, like, China, where he first, like, started out or whatever. It's been longer than 10 years. But all the yes, other places, I, but which is supposed to be yes. the local so-called king of NXT. 
It should. It, it it's gonna be interesting to say the least. They've handled this really well because usually I'm not a fan of these like athletes coming in for these one-time feuds with players that like this. But this has been something that's been boiling for years. Like these guys have had a feud years. for like two, three years. Yeah. And I'm glad to see it's getting somewhat of a payoff. Um, it's definitely something different for Adam. Uh, Pat will be on NXT tomorrow night. Um, should be interesting. To see what happens. Wait, he's wait, he's being yeah, on tonight. He's going on tonight. No, tomorrow, tomorrow night. night. Excuse me. Yeah. What if I commentating? Is he commentating? Oh no! Oh, oh no! 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 Uh, he was invited by Adam Cole last week. They're having a face-to-face confrontation tomorrow night. Oh no! I'm excited. I'm yeah. Sad. So, just so you know, NXT airs Wednesdays on USA Network at 8 p.m. Eastern. If you wanted to tune in for it. Well, it's got not sponsored by them either, so you know. No. Shout out to you, Biggie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, WWE, you're welcome for the shout outs because I watch your exactly. crappy main roster shows every week. No, hey, Biggie, mark my words. Biggie, number one WWE fan on the entire planet. Yeah. You said it. I said it here first. Oh, yeah, because I'm the one that you literally all, has the wherewithal and the patience to sit through Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown every single week, especially SmackDown, and just watch the crapness that they this company puts out. This stupid retribution crap. No, just stop. But um, that's what we have NXT for, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're about done here for episode 12. We're still going to talk about a little few more things so we can get to the one-hour mark because that's how we do things around here. So... Booty, I want you to answer me some positional questions. Best, best quarterback. In the NFL this year. Yep. And I have a feeling your answer is not Patrick Mahomes. Dude, if Dez comes to the Ravens, I think it could be Lamar. Okay. I think it could be. I mean, you they're stacked at that point. Like, g- given the fact that if he can run another thousand-yard season and he can throw the ball just as well as he did last year with Des there, definitely. Um, but I really want to say Dak. You know, I want to say Dak because you know. Don't. Like, don't. I'm not gonna do it though. I'm not gonna do please it. Please don't. I know. I, know but I have my own biases, of course, but oh, I'm I feel excited you. for him to play. But I'm not gonna say. I think we can both agree on running back. Yeah, dude, of course. You got Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Stop. You know who it is. My man 22. Yeah, we, we got CMC, of course. The best receiver. Oh, see, that's going to be a tough one right there. I think I want to give it to Julio again, obviously. Julio is the um, best receiver in the league. It's Julio Hopkins MT. I mean, honestly, until he retires, I think I'm going to give it to Yep, until Sutherland proves me otherwise. D-Hop's close to doing it. I don't think Michael Thomas is close to doing it in my book. No, not D-Hop a chance. I think most certainly is. Best tight end. Uh, Dude, um, I kind of told you this earlier today. I think that if Gronkowski can return to Gronkowski the way we've seen him in the past, I think he will be the best tight end. At the end of the day, Kittle's a absolute stud. He As really it, is. But see, here's the thing. As it currently sits, it's George Kittle. Yes. Yes. So um, for me, I have George Kittle, but I think I think it definitely could be Gronkowski. This really isn't a position. This is more of a positional group. Best offensive line group in the NFL. I want to give it to the Colts. Best defensive line, not group player. Best defensive lineman. Uh, 
pretty simple. What do you say? Aaron Donald, 100%. Okay, well, yeah. I, I thought you said defensive unit. Oh, no, not yet. I'll get to that. Best linebacker, also pretty much a no-brainer. Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner, yeah. Yeah, all the ones in the defense are pretty set. Best corner is Stephon Gilmore. Best safety is probably up for a little bit of a debate. But I'm going to give it to Jamal Adams. So who do you think the best defense in the NFL is? Best defense, dude. That's going to be tough. I don't know. I think this year it's going to be – it can really be anybody's game for who has the best. Um, uh, I don't think it'll Let's be New see. England. I think they lost too much. I agree. I think Pittsburgh and Baltimore are going to be up there. I think San Francisco will be up there. Dallas Seattle will be up there. Dallas will, really be up there. Be. Dallas will be up there. Seattle will definitely be up there. Agreed. So, yeah, yeah, Seattle, too. I think they could do as well. I think if they could sign Clowney, that'd be crazy. <sighs> I, I personally think the Saints could be up there. Because they got uh, Cameron Jordan. Their linebacking core is pretty good. They got a really good secondary. Uh, I think they could be up there. Overall, as it currently sits, who would be your Super Bowl prediction? No bias. Um, I want to say the Ravens and the Seahawks. Ravens, Seattle. Yeah, that's probably mine too until proven otherwise. Like I said, I appreciate your Dallas Cowboys fandom, and what I mean by that is, yes, you do say some stupid stuff sometimes. But there's a difference between... We're going to the Super Bowl and the way you say it. You say it as we have potential to possibly make a run at the Super Bowl. There's a way There's a way you say it that makes it different. You don't just come out and sound like every other Cowboys fan on the face of the planet that go, We're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl eight and eight. I know, dude, I know. Like I said, it's the thing. Like, they always focus on the Super Bowl for y'all. Like, why don't you worry about, A, getting into the playoffs, and, B, getting past the division around, which you haven't done since 1994. You know, I know. You can provide me on the stat, baby. I hear it. I know. Oh, I know. I'm just telling you. But, as I've said before, Dallas in no way, shape, or form should miss the playoffs this year. No. 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 Absolutely not. Alrighty, boys, I know we kind of went a ways off topic trying to just find things to talk about, but this was supposed to be three of us, but due to circumstances, it was only two of us, so we kind of had to make things up on the fly, but hey, you know what happens. Episode 13 will be next week. Hopefully, we'll have everybody back. Um, If not, you know how it is. We go on. Show must go on, as the saying goes. Episode 14 in two weeks, we will break down every single game from week one from Kansas City, Houston, to both of the Monday night doubleheaders in depth, in detail. We will break them all down. We will give predictions. And I have said before on one other occasion, we are doing a little competition thing between the four of us. We're going to predict every single regular season game. And whoever has the most points at the end of the year, I'll do something. I don't know what I'll do. But I'll do something. Um, but we'll get into that when we do the week fo- the episode 14 previews. But this was episode 12. That's Buddha.
This is Big E. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Boys the Podcast. And we will see y'all next week. The boys out.